0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Rangers demolish Hibs in the rain at Ibrox Celtic sweep Motherwell aside with James Forrest going nowhere according to Neil Lennon and St Mirren prove the doubters wrong in Paisley I'm Gordon Duncan joining me tonight is Alex Ray and Hugh Evans. Celtic and Rangers have left the ordinary world behind they have gone into the stratosphere and become interplanetary quite extraordinary rivals in terms of our domestic football, Alec, the rest of the Premiership has no chance when it comes to winning a trophy this season. Celtic and Rangers are on a turbocharged, rocket fueled rampage. There will be goals galore along the way, and at this rate, somebody could lose 10 to one of them or both of them. They're that far in front of the rest, Alec. Alex, bring him back down to earth, please, because he's getting a bit carried away excited. after two games. I think. Excited, yeah, that's, that's the word. Yeah, I have to say, it was a brilliant weekend, Gordon, as, as Hugh says. Really important uh, wins for Hamilton, uh, St. Mirren. The old firm won at a canter. You know, we've got plenty of things to talk about. You know, yeah, it was a really good weekend. And it never stops, Hugh Keevens, because we're right back into Europa League, Champions League qualifying. Yeah. The Betfred Cup comes around at the end of the week as well. Uh, all in, all the while, teams are trying to get their squads together with the transfer window uh, edging closer to closing as well. Celtic finally poised against Cluj, 1-1 from the first leg, but they're far too good for them. Rangers 4-2 in front to the Danish side and they will go through easily. Friday night, Gordon, very interesting. Motherwell Hearts. Hearts on a downward spiral at the moment. If Motherwell put them out bet Fred Cup, there'll be a stushy in the steamy in Edinburgh. Plenty to get through before we get to that game, though. It's 0141-951-1025. That's the number you need to get in touch. And if you would rather tweet, then we are at Clyde SSB. So let's hear from you a weekend full. As always of talking points What did you make of your team? Who impressed you? Who didn't impress you? I, I feel like we've almost made it a second weekend Without any big refereeing controversies as oh, well Hugh. Wait I mean, a minute, it'll, wait it'll a never minute. Last. What about Aberdeen yesterday? Well, I said oh. almost I did say almost That's the howler of the season so far In terms of bad refereeing decisions Is this the handball? Yes. It's well, almost not as bad handball. as Brian Easton Proclaiming his innocence when wow. he gets sent off Against assault. It was assault. It was yeah. a shocking tackle. Anyway, 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 we'll get to that later on. 0141951025. Let's start with yesterday's game at Ibrooks. Steven Gerrard says the performance is how he wants his Rangers team to look. Uh, he's disappointed they didn't score more, Alex Ray, and you can see why you were there. Yes. And it was it was it was one way traffic for the vast majority of the game. I thought they were really impressive, Gordon. I think middle to front, you know, we spoke about Celtic on Saturday, really impressive. But you know, looking at Rangers, the boy Jones, midweek, really impressive over in Denmark. He took it on to yesterday as well. Really a, a, a Shows great intent inside, outside, got plenty of options. Defoe, I think he's thirty six years old to you. He could have scored six or seven goals on the oh. day. You know, uh, he'd be disappointed he never got more. Happy with the hat trick. And then you've got obviously the midfielders really starting to dictate the game as well. It was impressive all round, Gordon. There's one for the starter then. 01419511025. What did you make of Rangers' performance yesterday? Who stood out for you? Um, let's hear from Stephen Gerrard. Yeah, extremely pleased. I think besides a 10 minute spell at the back end of the first half, I thought we were outstanding. Looked really dangerous going forward. Yeah, really pleased. I mean, that's how I want us to look. Uh, looking like a threat all the time, getting people in 1v1 positions, strikers looking clinical, runners, you know, I think their defence has had a really, really tough 90 minutes today and that's the way it's got to look. And I think besides our little 10-minute spell, 
quite disappointed we didn't score more really because I thought every time we, we went forward we, we looked really dangerous. You know, for their goal in the 10-15 minute period that they looked on top today, I thought they played some nice stuff. Scott Allen's pass is magnificent. Um, it's one I would have been proud of myself. I'm disappointed that our the left side of our defence, one for letting a runner go, no communication on one of my centre halves decides to step out. So I'll look into that. But you know, I, I like to applaud the pass and the finish. You know, Hib- Hibs are a good team, but they met Rangers on a bad day today. And um, the exciting thing for me is that came on the back of a tough European performance. I made a few changes and it, it didn't affect the level of performance. So that's what I'm most pleased about, that the subs even come on and contributed. And if we're going to be, if we're going to have a good time together, I need more than 13, 14 players. I need the whole squad to contribute and that's what happened today. The Rangers fans are entitled to be very excited. In the space of four days, 10 goals in Europe and in the Premiership. Defoe, Morelos. Where do you start? Where do you stop? The middle to front, they are looking superb and they're solid at the back. So the Rangers fans, I think, are entitled to believe they can win the major prize or at least pick up their first trophy for eight years. And uh, fair play to Scott Allen, Alex, who produces a moment that people are talking about even when you've been hammered 6-1. I mean, Stephen Gerrard picks out the pass there for the the solitary Hibs goal. It it was special. Um, Let's be honest In in the grand scheme of things It didn't count for much But You'll be hard pressed To find a a better pass All season I would imagine Gordon actually gave them A lifeline when they were Really struggling within the game Uh, But I I was sitting At a different part of the ground For yourself And uh, I met you at half time And I says uh, It was the only guy In the whole stadium I actually seen the pass here It was absolutely It was tremendous The way I pass Horgan's run Horgan's finished And you were thinking You'd be Hard pushed to see A better goal all season Gordon But you know as, As Stephen Gerrard says it was a really powerful performance for Rangers. I think that's the key thing. And, and Hugh touches on it. They have options now. Yeah. Last year they struggled. You're looking at the bench and they've got young guys that have not really had the same level. So when you're making a change, they can bring that level and the performance stays the same. And I think, if you want to be super critical, Rangers should have been out of sight before that Hibs goal. And secondly, the the 10 minute period that Hibs have, they seem to have a wobble, Hugh. You know, because they, they, they lost their shape a little bit. And then they regalvanised and got there in at half time. But you know, Rangers came out and all re- regained park, that control. Ali, all over the park. Stephen Davis, you know <sighs> the, the creation of the headed goal by Defoe that gives him his hat trick. Um, Aribo, Ojo, Morelos comes on. Now we've given him a bit of a going over in the past for his mentality, his lack of discipline. He's looking unplayable just now. And the discipline seems to be in good working order as well Right, the number you need to have your say is 0141-951-1025 Tell us what you made of that game at Ibrox yesterday Twitter is at Clyde SSB Stephen Gerrard says it's important Defoe and Morelos continue their good early season form If they want to be successful He also hinted Defoe could stay beyond next summer And they could even be in the market for another striker If we want any success here um, We can't rely on one striker For sure you need two that are as good as each other that are as dangerous as each other and as hungry as each other. I think they both just need to understand that it's horses for courses and sometimes Jermaine will suit a certain opposition, sometimes Alfredo will suit a certain opposition. I need to make sure I get them decisions right, but for sure we're going to need both of them firing if we've got any ambitions moving forward. There's maybe an argument to debate we might need a third as well, although we have got other options in the squad that can play there. I know, listen, I get the age, I get the age, but for me that's not the important thing, it's how you feel. And um, how old your body And if you've never touched a drop of alcohol in your life And you're as hungry as Jermaine Defoe The age never ever comes into my thinking I don't think 
oh he's 36 he can't start or he can't play two games on the row or he can't do this I just think I know this player I know his hunger I know his mentality I know his professionalism and he can score goals for Rangers for, for this season and um, if I predict probably after this season as well 01419511025 Let's hear from you Alex Invariably what happens is Alfredo Moreiros plays well uh, Jermaine Defoe then plays well And we get ourselves embroiled in another debate About whether they should both play together But that's not really the point is it They're both no. playing well Because they're, they're playing on their own I can't see them playing together Gordon I think the system that Stephen Gerrard adopts Only facilitates the one striker And when you look at the stats so far Morelos has got 7-7 seven seven, Defoe's got 5-5 five five. It's really impressive And uh why would you change that? You look at the the league form and, and the cup form here. I think it's six wins in a draw so yeah. far, so it's been impressive. You get the best of both worlds. Here you have the old guy, thirty seven years old in October, thirty seven, a baby. <laughs> you have him. He scores a hat trick. On comes Morelos, who is what twenty two, twenty three, twenty three, and he's mentally saying to himself, "I'm not going to be upstaged by this old guy." So he comes on, and he very nearly get a hat trick as well. So Stephen Gerrard has the best of all worlds Jeffrey's a Rangers fan on the line Who stood out for you yesterday? Uh, I think we all did yesterday um, Defoe especially um, I, first off, nearly, I, I mean I come on the phone and criticise Rangers um, But I was, I'm really still for words Which is not unlike me um, They all played well yesterday And that, as, as, as you said That was on the back of a good win in, in Denmark um, it was good to see um, the the front line um, being swapped uh, to just after half time I mean Morales could have got to a number of goals um, I, I don't know um, Yeah I mean there's clearly a lot to, to take in from yesterday Alex is it safe to say that Jordan Jones already is well starting because it is it's, we're not even out of August yet yeah. we're not even nearly out of August but he's Starting to, to answer any questions that, that hung over his move I know there were people on this show saying Yep, yeah, he's, he's yeah. decent But is he is he the level that Rangers need to kick on and win things? Certainly in the last two games he looks the part Yeah, absolutely I think I think one of the key things, Gordon Is that uh, over the course of the summer Rangers have tried to get Kent back Who would naturally take that left-hand side Jones has been presented with this opportunity In the last couple of games He's stood up really well He's been a major threat A great out-ball Because what he does The first thing he does is He gets a defender on the back foot And I quite like that He can go inside He can go outside uh, And if he can add some more goals I know it's early days If he can add some goals And, and assists He could be a big threat See, for Rangers With respect to Geoffrey Geoffrey's a man of a certain vintage And Who do you know? He, I, I can just tell <laughs> And, well, and Geoffrey's back a long time Yeah I go back a long time And Geoffrey's yeah. breath Has been taken away By what he's watching Because for the last eight years, Jeffrey has lived in a world of misery. No major trophy for Rangers. That is a, the, the, the fact of the matter. He's a long-standing Rangers supporter. The last yeah. eight years yeah. have been miserable for him. People might say you live yeah. in a world of misery. Ah, that's all right. I'm a song and dance man when I go home. Uh, but he's had eight years of misery. And even last season, Rangers didn't make it to a cup final. Finished nine points behind Celtic in the title race. And now... Jeffrey looks about him and thinks that good players everywhere, and yeah, his on? breath has been taken away. And I'll bet you, Jeffrey, you're almost scared to think where this might go. Um, well, I'll tell you something. See, come September the first, 
Um, that is going to be a benchmark for Rangers and Celtic because whoever wins the first Old Firm game, it will go a long way to saying who's going to win the league. The only thing I would say to you, in terms of that game, the only thing I would say to you, Jeffrey, that will be game four. There'll be 34 games thereafter. I do understand that whoever wins it, there'll be one heck of a party on the night of September 1st, but there'll still be 34 games thereafter. And also, Alex, the the games between the sides yes. um, were 50-50 last season. They both won two, so actually it was the other games that, that caused Rangers to fall short. Gordon, if you take the last two games, and that's all we can do, is uh, Kamarnock and Hibs were a thorn in Rangers' sides last year. They, they didn't do particularly well against the two teams, so... Rangers have set a benchmark with them too Which you would expect anyway in any given Because of the size of the clubs But they haven't done that last year They've done it this year And that would give Stephen Gerrard encouragement Because when it comes to the old firm games It has to take care of itself And I think that's excitement People are looking ahead You've still got to negotiate I think Hearts play Celtic at Parkhead in a couple of weeks you, And then I think Rangers have to go to St Mirren So you have to negotiate them too Before you get into that, that, that you know the game in September Can I talk about St Mirren? And uh, when yesterday, of course you can. I was a bit, of a sh- I was a bit, I was a bit surprised when I when I heard the scoreline. But yeah, again, I think Aberdeen, Aberdeen are doing what we've done in the past, and they're just not. I don't know if they've got the squad or they've sold the wrong players, but I think Aberdeen might be suffering this season. Um, to be fair, was, there, were, there were mitigating circumstances. They didn't have Sam Cosgrove, who's been a goal machine for them. And again, Derek McInnes will be disgusted because he should have had a penalty. However, he will know there are three dozen games left. Three dozen? Mm. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. The dynamic of it is quite interesting though, Hugh, because I think Jermaine Defoe actually admitting as much that when Celtic are going out on the Saturday and scoring as many, it, it does spur Rangers on. Yeah. We know there's a long way to go and if one of them drops points next week or the week after, it's not going to be the end of the world. But there you have a Rangers player admitting that that is adding something to the, yeah. the incentive for them the following day. Now, I gave you the Hollywood start, but I really mean <laughs> it. I think Celtic and Rangers have left the rest behind. I see... And, and you're basing this purely on two games Or you've, no, I, I'm, you've I, thought I'm, it through I'm, a bit more than I'm, that I'm basing it on talent On what okay. I am looking at Levels you, levels Yeah, we're talking about Rangers in this particular segment Morelos Defoe Stephen Davis Ojo Arfield All over the park Jordan Jones has come and looks the part All over the park They are looking the part And, and that's why I think Celtic and Rangers for the first time, as you may have noticed, I'm quite an old guy. But mm. for the first time, quite. I don't think I've ever known Celtic and Rangers collectively to be this far in front of the rest. Uh, well, we'll find out just how far. Jimmy's on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Alex, he says, thoughts on Ryan Jack? He asks, is there a yeah. better holding midfielder in Scotland? That's Jimmy's question for yeah. you this evening. I, I actually like uh, Jack. What he's doing more now than they ever did, I, I felt was if for the last... Period he's been at Rangers He'd been very safeguarding Playing the side ball and things He's actually driving From the middle of the park And he's actually setting things up More in an offensive role And I quite like that Because it allows Davis To then pull the strings And then you find Davis So there's a rotation Between these guys To go and support the front ones As long as there's always One guy protecting the back line And I think the key thing To this all as well Is Aribo On the left hand side Gives them the natural balance uh, So you know There's a nice Blend to it here Which allows them to go and one, even even uh, Rebo's going deeper Another two are trying to advance and support So 
they're actually dictating the ball and I think Ryan Jack's uh, paramount to what they're actually trying to do Again though I suppose it all comes back to that thing about it being a, a squad game and all, and all the rest of it that's something that we're seeing no one can really call the, the midfield three for Rangers at the moment it seems to be you know, chopping and changing depending Absolutely. on the, the the game in hand. Absolutely, uh, you know, and you have the boy Kamara who uh, got injured in midweek, who technically very good. So yeah. if if Jack or uh, Davis drops out, Kamara naturally fall, falls into that position. But you've also got Arfield as well, you know, who didn't yeah. feature at the weekend, and he's been key uh, player for Rangers since he came. Isn't this every manager's dream to have options, a squad of that depth, strength and depth? I'm sure Stephen Gerrard's thinking right now. On the 12th of August 2019 This is the best it's been since he got to Ibrox 0141-951-1025 Let's hear your thoughts on the weekend's big talking points We're going to hear from Neil Lennon Looking back on the win at Fir Park And he updates us on James Forrest's future as well Coming up after the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Getting you full compensation is their goal Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard If you want to get in touch give us a call Or send us a tweet at Clyde SSB uh, A few coming in Chris McEntee says Hi guys personally a Celtic fan But watching the highlights of the Rangers game I'm hugely looking forward to the first Old Firm game of the season Has to be good Goals galore uh, It's probably got nil-nil written all over it After the way that Hugh Keevans has built it up But still uh, plenty of football to be had Before we even think about that one Let's go straight back on the phones Before we hear from Neil Lennon Stephen is a Rangers fan in Ardrossan. What did you make of it yesterday, Stephen? Oh, how you doing, lads? All right? Yeah, good, thanks. Right, right, good, Stephen. How you doing? Aye, it was superb, so it was. Uh, for the first time, I have actually two, I know it's only two games in, but the European games and that, and the pre-season and that, obviously that doesn't really count that, but for Wednesday, I would say, yeah, yeah. No watching the games with your your fingers in your face. If you know what I mean. Like a couple of horror stories. <laughs> You're just waiting for some to happen. You're actually just quietly confident and basically really good quality of the team there. So there is strong defence and really good going forward. Even the boys that they've brought in, Jordan Jones, I think he's been phenomenal the last two games. And boy, Aribo didn't really know much about him, but a bargain. <laughs> Now if the talks about basically you can spend millions and pounds on players, man, but you can pick players like that up. <laughs> Long making dinner. Has Jordan Jones surprised you, Stephen? He's clearly impressed you. How does he compare to perhaps the perception you had of him before he arrived? Well, what I would say is basically I know that it's like basically when you're playing me, no need to suspect to come out not. When you're playing me, I team like come out not and come out obviously done well last season. But when you're playing in a team and maybe you're maybe a wee standout player in your team basically and the focus is maybe on you can maybe when you're in a better team the better players are in you maybe it takes the burden off you a wee bit so you can maybe express yourself a wee bit more so just basically the better players are in them and the boy's direct I mean any time he gets the boy he's, he's away he's an absolute whipper so obviously that is the only doors I'm not going to get too ahead of myself but I would say if you look at your Transfer windows over the last couple of years, Kixenia and Morton and whatever, basically back your lag, you brought all these boys in for England and they didn't really know much about them. I mean, I didn't really know much about some of these boys that were coming on, basically, and I'll tell you, second to that's I think the recruitment's been phenomenal for the money that they've spent to where they're looking and even the loan deals, etc. With that, I think it's not a problem, but 
It's not a great line Stephen It's uh, sort of coming and going But I think we've got the gist Stephen is like Jeffrey. He is looking And he's rubbing his eyes And he can't believe it Because he's gone through The Cachinha period And he's gone through All of the other hardships That Rangers have had On and off the park And now For the first time In eight years And as I say I include last season Because nothing was achieved Last season No cup finals Celtic won the league By nine points But for the first time In eight years Jeffrey and Stephen Are looking at the team On the park And thinking They could Definitely win something As you mentioned With the pass From Scott Allen yes. Hibbs so, sort of looked like They were getting themselves Back into the game Then the sending off A second yellow card For, for Sean Mackey yes. A handball Coupled with the challenge That he, he put in for the first yellow Can he have any real complaints? Not at all Gordon uh, I think the first one was, was Lively anyway To say the least I've been proud of that myself And um, I think the second one He just He actually lost the ball and he started chasing the ball and lost his bearings a little bit, which allowed Ryan Jack. And that's what I was saying earlier on with the caller. When did you ever see Ryan Jack in behind the left back, Gordon? So he kind of lost his bearings and he's obviously handballed it. He just got caught and, and didn't realise it. And it's obviously cost his team big time because the one thing you don't want to do against a team who are passing the ball and free flowing like they were yesterday is you don't want to give him an extra man advantage yeah how much did it impact the game because it was 2-1 at that stage granted Rangers you know were, were well on top certainly in the first half um, but Paul Heckingbottom then took the decision to put another yes striker striker on he was asked about it and you know said well I wasn't just going to settle for a 2-1 defeat how much do you think the numerical advantage helped Rangers well, I think it helps them be due to the fact uh, they, they manipulated it to suit them Gordon and they got overloads in the, the wider areas and then they ended up calving them up because they get stretched um, I'm not sure that Looking back That Hecke would have been happy With the way it's went Six Because it could have actually been a lot more And See when you're at Ibrox Gordon Just go two banks of four Try and make it compact And then work for a set play Or you know Something a wee bit of magic With Scotty mm. Allen Doing something uh, and then work your way back into the game By actually making that substitution That played right into Rangers hands Okay, thank you to Stephen in our Drossen It's 01419511025 If you want to join him Let's go back a bit further to Saturday lunchtime Neil Lennon says his Celtic players were outstanding Against Motherwell once they hit their stride He says the new faces in the squad are finding their feet And there's still plenty more to come The only source of frustration for me Would be the way we started the game We were you know, inviting pressure that we didn't need to invite And um you know, it's a poor goal we've conceded, but the, you know we we didn't start the way I wanted them to. Anyway, once we eradicated that and started playing the ball forward quickly, we were outstanding, absolutely outstanding. It's a brilliant performance. I know from my own experience how difficult it can be. You know, coming straight off the back of a Champions League game, but we looked really powerful. There's a ruthlessness about us at the minute. Good power in the team, good pace. Five goals away from home at any stage of the season, you got to be pleased with. But particularly in the circumstances, off the back of a really tough night in Romania, you know, a few of them have to get up to speed. You know, Griff still working on his conditioning. You know, Christopher had another good 90 minutes for him. So some of the new boys, you know, really finding their feet now. All I did the, the quality we already have. I thought Ayer was magnificent today, and and then as the game went on, they just look stronger and stronger. So it's very very pleasing. We're in a good place at the minute. You know, we're not taking anything for granted, but we're in a good place. But it's only, obviously, two games in. All the superlatives that we used about Rangers in the first part of the programme, you can use about Celtic. Twelve goals in their first two league games. Now, here's your beat the pundit question. When was the last time Celtic scored twelve goals in their opening two league matches? I'll tell you when, Alec. 
Go on. It was the month after I got married. Oh, when did it, 1942. And when did I get married? 48 years ago. <laughs> so that was the last time that Celtic scored 12 goals How in their first two league How long did it take you to research this? Not at all. I stole it out of the Daily Mail this morning. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, on a serious note Not that that wasn't serious um, But on, on a serious note Neil Lennon mentioning The way they started the game mm. And that was probably Coupled Alex With the, the good start that, that Motherwell made It was a bad combination For Celtic early on But once they got to grips With the game Again at 5-2 It, it could have been It could so have much been more, more. Yeah. Absolutely I think one of the problems And you have to commend Motherwell for the opening stages 15-20 minutes I thought it were really good They pressed the life out of Celtic Caused them all sorts of problems My only reservation with that is is It's very difficult to maintain that Hugh Physically it becomes very difficult And then the game was too stretched for me I think when it went to 1-1 It might have been a case of trying to Dig in for a period And then work your way back in But they were so open uh, And I think the goal just prior to half-time killed uh, Motherwell Because later on in the game there was guys dead on their feet. If you look at the guys in the middle of the park for uh, Donnelly and Campbell and things, Celtic was wave after wave after wave and it was very impressive. And again, uh, in Celtic's favour, you look at the bench. Whew, mightily impressive. Ian's a Celtic fan. I think he wants to talk about one of those substitutes from the weekend, Ian. Hi there, uh, Gordon. Hi, Chu. Hi, Alec. I'm doing in Hampshire. I'm back at work again. Uh, sitting out in the sun because I can't get a bloody signal in the, in the building. I've got to come outside. So good job it's not raining. Aye, just two games in, but not not just the two games in. Obviously the the, the would you call it games? The, the European, European games. Yeah. Yep. Ryan Christie, come on as a sub on Saturday. Um, Topsy turvy in the first fifteen twenty minutes. Uh, I thought Scott was at fault with the goal. Should have done better, but they come back. Right away, a minute later, got to eat well. He's a, I, I heard he's talking at the top of the show. The boy's in fire. Playing it, playing it right back, plays it centre back. He could probably play in the centre midfield as well, Alex. Yeah. Um, I think, I think he, he is a midfielder, but he's he's got all the attributes. He's got everything going from, and that boy will not be parked for very long. But back to the, the substitute. Um, Ryan Christie Seven games Seven goals And three assists Now What's it going to be like to When It's the strongest 11 He's got on the park mm. And he's going to have a, a bench That's Capable of working on And doing damage as well Now When weeks Today When the closes Is it just under three weeks is it? Second uh, of September Yeah Three weeks. Second of September. Three weeks today. Three weeks today, is it? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, Alec, yourself, if he can pitch in, there's more players going to come in. No. I think I spoke last week about Green Tierney. The boys away. Best of luck to the young lad. A young player who made his debut four years ago, but I would say he's been injured maybe... 13, 14 months of that Yeah but what what point do you make About the transfer window? Going to bring more players in Sure Well they have to Yeah they, they really need cover At full back uh, Perhaps Even in the central defence There might be a temptation To bring someone in uh, And Neil Lennon Is perfectly well aware of that uh, At the moment Christie You're right to touch upon Christie Phenomenal start to the season uh, Lee Griffiths Everything that the Celtic supporters wanted looks like a, a new signing. 
Edward scoring terrific goals. They are terrific and laden with talent, middle to front. There are bits and pieces needing done at the back, though. Uh, Alex, what did you make of some of the guys that Ian has picked out? Ryan Christie comes off yeah. the bench, um, takes the penalty really well. Christopher Ayer, um, I mean, Ian makes the point about him being a midfielder. He used to be. Celtic are yes. very, very clear. They see him as a central Centre defender half. and played right back at the weekend, of course. Most of the credit goes to the offensive players, Gordon, when you score the goals that they are and the free flowing football. However, it all started off. We, we, we often talk about mentality when things don't go your way initially in the start of a game. Ayer was a guy that instigated all the, the, the good stuff We yeah. talk about the top end of the pitch He was a guy that went to give and go The boy Tate couldn't match his run Because of his physical attributes So when I, when you, you combine all that I actually like Ayer I actually like what he actually brings to the table When you actually see him doing a slide tackle To block a shot at goal He's punching the air There's yeah. a desire and a hunger there So he can kick on Going back to Ian's point Where are Celtic going to strengthen? Both fullbacks They need to bring in reinforcements At that particular area Will they bring in another centre-half? I'm not too sure when you look at some of the personnel that they've got there. They've got Sumutnovic, Al Hamid can play there as well. If they bring in a full-back in, Ayer, Beton can step back in there. So you've got Henry still at the club as well. So they've got quite a lot of reinforcements here, Gordon. They spoke about bringing in a left-sider uh, because... But when you look at the personnel, you know, at their disposal, and you know, the emergence of young Lewis Morgan as well, you've got Hayes, you've got uh, Sinclair. So... You know, and then they talk about maybe bringing another striker. So, the thing about Celtic is they, they they've been patient. They have money. The English Premiership is very much still up for grabs when they you know the the ones that are not kind of featuring in there. So, Celtic have got manoeuvring mm. over the next couple of weeks. Well, Neil Lennon's adamant there won't be any other big departures after Zenit St Petersburg were today linked with James Forrest. The hoops boss says that instead they are looking to add to the squad. Well, he's another one you know that we don't want to go. Big player, big. Goal scorer in, in games. He's been here a long, long time. Um, he's under contract. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. Or there's no confirmation of that. It's just speculation, but it doesn't surprise me. However, from my point of view, we want James here, and you know he's happy here as well. It's especially important to hold on to, to people like him and, and Callum McGregor that know the club so well and come through the system after. It's, it's just important to hold on to your better players. We've already sold one, so we don't want to sell any more. Um, and we're looking to add to the squad rather than you know sell any more of our important players. And James certainly falls into that category. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. That's the number. John in Port Glasgow dialed. Hi, John. How you doing, mate? Okay. Hi, Hi John. What's your point? Uh, it was just something that Hugh said to me. I'd like to differ with him actually. Mm. Yeah. Right. Um, regarding Rangers tonight, I heard them waxing lyrical. I'm a Celtic fan, obviously, but I heard them waxing lyrical about Rangers tonight uh, about how middle to front. They were exceptional And at the back They're solid And I wonder how that Doesn't apply to Celtic Well it does apply It does I the game on Saturday And I watched it I listened to it in the office I listened to your whole show And all that seemed to come out Of Hughes mouth Saturday Was okay Middle to front good We need a right back Brophy at the back I think he says Dodge at the back And another occasion uh, Now to my mind Rangers lost a goal Against Kilmarnock They lost two in midweek And they lost one yesterday It was 2-1 yesterday When a player gets sent off Where's our praise? When I was discussing Rangers and waxing lyrical, as you said, that's because we were dealing with Rangers in the first part of the programme. Now we're dealing with Celtic. And as I've said, I'm running out of superlatives to describe Celtic middle to front. They're terrific. But there is a need for cover at fullback. And this is a Celtic team who, unlike Rangers, are a heartbeat away from the Champions League 
The absolute top drawer For club football So Celtic need to be in a proper position If they get into the Champions League To deal with that Extraordinary challenge And that's why they have to have better Full back cover than they have at the moment I think it's essential Would you disagree with that John? Is is that the gist of the call? Well, I would I would expect the guys to get some time. You know what I mean? I, I think even even if you look at Bolly and Bolly and Saturday from sort of fifty fifty minutes onwards, probably money a match for me. I think uh, I think you're stretching it a bit admit, now. He's just here. The guy's just here. Well, can I can I time. can I answer you by saying two words? Marvin Compere. Yeah. Now you're on about pundits writing off Bolingoli. Marvin Compere played one first team game for Celtic and never played for them again. He remained he remained on a, a contract worth more than a million pounds a season, but he was hold on, but he was designated a failure by Celtic after one game. But in fairness to John, then you could rhyme off a number of examples of players who have started slowly and have gone on to be a success. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but you, sure. you know, being a bit selective. No, 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 no. I fully acknowledge that some start slowly and blossom. I acknowledge that unreservedly. But John, like many people, has it that oh they've got it in for ball and goalie. Nobody's got it in for anyone. Mm. I'm simply saying that Celtic need full back cover. Mm. If you're a Celtic fan and you look and you don't think Celtic need full-back cover, I don't know what you're looking at. The other new boy back there, John, would be Christopher Julian. What did you make of him on Saturday? Um, I, I, I thought I thought he was okay. I thought he was okay. I think, again, it's the pace of the Scottish game. Mm. I think that's what's fooling these players. You know, I, think it, I, think, I don't think they're expecting it to be so a, physical, fast. And so I think they just need some time to bed in. Uh, but that, that's my opinion. Uh, I love the programme Listen to it regularly It was just I just felt that comment Hughes tonight Was was about how Rangers Were exceptional at the back I thought No I'm sorry I didn't know that Quite right John That's what he's here for You pull him up any time 01419511025 And we're going to take More of your calls After the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors They play to win Every time Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Evans And Alex Ray Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard You can tweet us At Clyde SSB If you don't want to phone uh, Keegan is on He says Tell your callers To leave we Kivo alone Oh hey It's only an honest comment There you go You're getting backed up From Keegan for you, it's not Kevin, is, is it? Is he on the? <laughs> is he on the payroll? Um, Vito Dante's on. He's got what? What a set of stats! I've no idea oh. if they're true. I, I have no reason to to not believe Vito. He says the importance of considering all the data and not remembering a couple of moments. He says Ball and Golly um, at half time against Motherwell led the team in recoveries, in completed passes, in progressive runs, and in total impact. I don't think completed passes come in there, Hugh. We've watched the game. Well, he, Vito says 23 completed passes, the most in the team, he says. Listen, before, before we get into it, the bother, Roy. Celtic this week have FC Cluj. I assume that Celtic are far too good for them and will go through to meet Slavia Prague. They're then a heartbeat away from the Champions League. Celtic are magnificent middle to front. They need to be careful at the back. They need defensive cover in both fullback positions. So they are dealing with the creme de la creme in Europe. They need to be up to speed for that. And at the moment, 
they need cover at the back uh, Stephen's on Twitter He's got his wish list He says Celtic need a goalkeeper Ooh. A left back A right back A centre back That's quite a long list And a striker He says I've started to see errors creep in With Bain and Gordon's on the decline uh, We need competition in the fullback areas As, as Hughes mentioned um, Wants to cut loose the likes of Henry Hayes And Morgan According to Stephen Well but the goalkeeping one I think most people agree It was an error By, yes, yeah. by Scott Bain at the weekend He still does have a lot of fans uh, In the club and around the club I Well okay All a matter of personal opinion I'd have Craig Gordon back I think he's a more imposing figure And I think that uh, The goal that Not not just because he lost a bad goal on Saturday But I think that Craig Gordon is a more imposing mm. figure And Celtic could do with the goalkeeper cover Correct I mean Surely you get degrees of mistake Alex It's, it's not it's not the biggest howler you're ever going to see all. is it I mean A bit of credit to Liam Donnelly He does manage to execute a fairly difficult strike at goal and finds the bottom corner You're, you're going to see a lot worse goalkeeping mistakes than that surely Yeah but if you're talking about um, Making saves that actually matter Gordon At that particular time He, he should have got across He had a lot of time You know, Don't forget the ball's been a big diagonal So he should be shifting his feet across the goal line To then cover that first post Because it then gets laid back uh, From uh, I think it was Gallica Or Declan Gallica laid it back to him So he should be actually covering that post So when he gets done at that post I think it's a fairly Obvious mistake in his part But um, it's an interesting debate I said to Hugh Several times driving back in the car When we go home I says Craig Gordon is very reliable He's not he's no as good as being off the deck But he hasn't let Celtic down and it's interesting listening to the guy I think on Twitter They're saying He makes too many mistakes And he's on the way You know, I, For me Craig Gordon was actually doing okay Let's speak to Gio in Barhead Hi Gio Hiya um, Just picking up a couple of wee points Picking up on the the new players, Bowling Goalie and and and, and uh, Julian. Mm-hmm. These guys have got to settle in. If if you think back to the centre half Celtic have brought in before, Virgil Van Dijk came in and he was just fabulous for day one. But probably the best other centre half I can remember bringing in was Paul Elliott. And Paul Elliott's first season, it was a nightmare. But he went on to become. A really fantastic centre half for us, and unfortunately, as it proved later on, injury sort of shortened his career. And the other point is, um, I'm a wee bit kind of wondering about Neil Lennon's substitutions. Now I know probably on Tuesday night, Christie will play and Edward will play, but we've two guys in the bench Saturday that we've hardly seen. One is Bio. And the other one is uh, Marriage Fed, who apparently got rave notices last season when he was out in loan. When are we going to see these guys? Saturday, I thought, was a perfect time to bring them on. Well, I think if the manager uh, puts on substitutes who end the game on the right side of a 5 1 away win, I don't think you can be critical of them. 5 2, if you don't mind. 5 2, I beg your pardon. But with regard. To players and settling in Paul Elliott didn't have to contend With Champions League qualifiers When he was there Big games come thick and fast for Celtic And fans will not say Ah well They need time to bed in If Celtic fail to make it To the Champions League group stages If Celtic go to Ibrox and lose On the 1st of September Fans won't be sympathetic then And talk about time to bed in If I buy a £7 million centre half I kind of expect him to be ready For whichever is thrown at him And with regard to the others Who cost plenty of money as well I just expect them to be 
dependable, competent. They have to do that right away. There is no betting in. I see what you're saying, but apparently Julian hadn't played since March when we bought him. So he's not sort of up to speed and match fit. And he didn't play that much in pre-season either. Bowling goalies come in, he's a different kettle of fish. I'm not criticising these guys. I think they'll be fine. The right back, the, the Israeli boy, looks really, really sharp and really good. So I'm really concerned there. I'm probably not concerned with Julian because we've got another two good centre-halves round about him. Bowling goalie's great going forward. He's young. He'll learn how to defend, probably. So I'm not criticising him. I'm just saying that some of the self that's supporting he go off these guys' backs and just let them settle in. It's difficult but, uh, but to come the, 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 a new country. But the same point applies to all of them. Celtic are involved in domestic matches. Hearts and Rangers are the next two league games. They have FC Cluj, and if all goes according to plan, they'll then have Slavia Prague. Yeah, but surely the, the transfer fee a player moves for is irrelevant. Christopher Julian doesn't become more likely to be ready quickly just because Gordon, he's worth seven million pounds. Gordon, to come back to Gio's stat earlier on, since March he's played a dozen games, so he has played uh, frequently for his team. Uh, so. That doesn't stack up that he hasn't played since March. So, you know, I think he has played. He's not been up to speed maybe over the, the course of the summer, but he's very much played the, the only reason last season. I mentioned the fees, Gordon, is that I would expect a simple degree of competency going into these big games. And, you know, if you buy an expensive car, you kind of expect it to get you home. Mm, are cars the same as human beings, though? I mean, well, I, I, I admire the creativity of the analogy. I go back to what the about point. if you buy a car that hasn't been driven in six weeks? It might might take a bit to to get back to its maximum performance level. No, I don't know. I don't exactly. Well, see, I see, can't believe you've brought up the car analogy and you've never even driven God, one. Gordon, going back to his point of in terms of substitutions, he, he made a couple of substitutions, Neil. And two of them scored yeah. Now I take his point on board Gio. Yeah, Pretty good substitution. Absolutely But I understand that maybe Shved and, mm. and Bile May well get a bit of time Towards the end of the game Rather than just get the match uh, Sharpness in, in, in minutes Right thanks to Gio Let's try and squeeze in John Paul from Fault House Before the news Hi John Paul Hi guys Hi panel How's it going? Hello good. What's your point? Uh, first of all I want to back up you I think you might have Most famous pundits on the show Are you uh, sure? And <laughs> I, do, I think he's fair And the, the, second, the second last call there Has got to understand that These guys As well as they are They, they like teams But they're, they're pundits And they've got to say it how it is You know And, and I, I like to think that I'm fair And, and I, I agree with you I think Rangers Stephen Gerrard's built a squad To give you something to think about He's rent pace Power um, Strength and depth He's got wingers That have proven in the SPL And, and they're good out about it That he's built a squad To tell me to think about so That's what I'm going to say Rangers My point is um, talking about Celtic Again I agree with the pal Celtic middle to front Are good They've got options And um, I believe Neil Lennon uses options good But My concern And it's not that I, don't, I, I do agree These guys should be up to speak When they come in But my only concern As a Celtic fan Is I would like to see The same back four Through For a couple of weeks now I know there have been a lot of games But he's chopped and changed He's had Ayer Simunovic He's had Ayer um, And Julian, he said Julian and um, the boy, uh, he's a party minute right back, he's a right back, Ball has been there. 
I just think that I know a lot of games coming up, but the, for me that is a wee bit unsettling. The problem is, John Paul, there's been suspensions. suspensions yeah. It's not just about you know changing it. You, you remember Simonovic had the suspension carried over from pre-season. I think it was Julian who came in with the suspension still to serve. Al so Hamed had the uh, injury which kept him out at Motherwell. There've been forced changes, John Paul. I, I actually yeah, take, I, I, John Paul I take your point on board as well Because when I'm looking at Rangers I, I actually like a back four That's usually settled mm. and, and try not Disrupt that as often And I take your point But I think the guys Made a good point In terms of suspensions Injuries Yeah but I mean and, You can't you can't play Katic this weekend If he's suspended No no I take your point On board Gordon But what I'm saying is that The actual principle About trying to keep oh, Your course. back four You know but Obviously there's Mitigating circumstances here John Paul Just quickly before we let you go You've said you know You acknowledge There is going to be A strong challenge From Rangers How strong What what, what are you talking here Are you still backing Your own team to go on And win the thing oh, Maybe we're strong About February But after that I'll go with him. <laughs> After that it will be sound Says John Paul Right thanks for that I think it's time for this Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online The Scottish Sun.co.uk Slash football The first beat the pundit Of the new week Your chance to come on here And win yourself a sign ball If you can get one over On Hugh Keevans Or Alex Ray If you fancy it tonight It's 01419511025 Be quick Because you only have Until the news At 7 o'clock Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation you deserve When there's been foul play Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here So give us a call Or send us a tweet at Clyde SSB We kicked off looking back on Rangers' victory against Hibs yesterday We've been talking about Celtic's performance at Fir Park on Saturday I wonder if there are any St Mirren fans out there What a result in Paisley yesterday it was all about doom and gloom a couple of weeks ago So surely you can come on uh, and brag to us this evening 01419511025 Let's do this first Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk slash football Yes, it's Beat the Pundit time I think it was another relatively comfortable week for the pundits last week And if I'll be honest, I can't actually remember Two, in fact, it was two losses. I'm informed you were hopeless. Finger oh. out, please. Uh, one of you is up against James from Paisley. Hi, James. Hi there. How are you doing this evening? Ah, very well. Good stuff. If you had a preference, who would you take on? Oh, either or. Either or. He's not bothered. He's, he's, he's bothered. Both rubbish. Yeah, pretty much. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you said that. Hugh uh, heads. You are up against Hugh Evans. Tails. It's Alex Ray. And it is tails. It's Alex against James from oh, Paisley. Hear that? Oh, he's got the ball. The ball's on your way already. Compliments already. Here's Alex. Get him round for me, mate. <laughs> Let me give Alex some Clyde two in his ear, and that way he can't hear what you're saying, James. You've got thirty seconds. Head to head with Alex. You can pass. Here is your chance to beat the pundit. You ready? Yes. Let's go. Who set up Daryl Horgan's goal for Hibs yesterday? Scott Allen. Which of the Dundee teams were formed in 1893? Dundee United. What is the name of Queen of the South's home ground? Uh, Palmerston Who scored St Mirren's winner Against Aberdeen on Sunday Pass Who won La Liga last season uh, Barcelona In what year did James Forrest Make his Celtic debut 2012 And where did Aberdeen sign Sam Cosgrove from Bristol uh, Ok let's bring Alex back Alex can you hear us Lionel Richie Oh what a sign what Sorry a that was Lionel Warner Alright you, you need to clarify To people who have never heard before That you've been listening To Clyde too Whilst we were yes, playing If you just come on And say Lionel Richie As if it's one of the answers To the quiz <laughs> No one's going to know What you're on about Did right. he score for Sunday the weekend Yeah I think he did Right you ready Yes 
Who set up Daryl Horgan's goal for Hibs Scott yesterday? Allen. Which of the Dundee teams were formed in 1893? That'll be Dundee United. What is the name of Queen of the South's home ground? Palmerston. Who scored St Mirren's winner against Aberdeen on Sunday? Uh, Dunmas. Who won La Liga last season? Barcelona. In what year did James Forrest make his Celtic debut? That would have been 2006. Where did Aberdeen sign Sam Cosgrove from? Pass. And who was the first Scottish club that Thomas Cherney played for? Hamilton. Okay. Well, James, you've heard the competition. Still fancy your chances? Tight, tight, tight. Oh, thank God you oh. said tight there. Yeah, James. <laughs> <laughs> had my heart in my mouth. <laughs> tight, tight. Right, okay. I thought he was just. Uh... Oh, the producers fell off his seat. <laughs> <laughs> I thought James was just being really negative, Hugh, about his own performance. Tight, he says. Right, uh, yeah. Yes, definitely, I can confirm. <laughs> okay. I have it on VAR, but he definitely said tight. Let's find Lovely. out just how. Tight it was James The first one Who set up Daryl Horgan's goal For Hibs In yesterday's loss to Ranger It was Scott Allen Some people are calling it Pass of the season Well yes. it is already We'll see if someone beats it So one all uh, Which of the Dundee teams Were formed in 1893 I mean James Got to feel for you You're up against The former Dundee manager here And uh, he got it wrong As well So did you It was Dundee And not Dundee United uh, The name of Queen of the South's home ground did you never look down at the, the tracksuit or anything? Does it have it on the badge? No, no, that I'm aware no, of. Obviously not. Uh, the name of Queen of the South's home ground is Palmerston. You both got it, which means it's two Oof. all. Who scored St Mirren's winner? It was Ilkay Dormus. So Alex gets that right. He goes into a three-two lead, and he maintains the the one goal lead, if you like, because you both knew uh, that Barcelona uh, won La Liga last season. So Alex is still one in front. Question six In what year did James Forrest Make his Celtic, Celtic debut You've added a few years On to him there I've 2010 Oh right okay yeah, So you both got that wrong Still one up uh, To Alex Ray Where did Aberdeen Sign Sam Cosgrove from No Anyone Any takers Carlisle Oof. And uh, unfortunately for you James You didn't get to the last question And Alex Rubbed salt in the wounds Thomas Cherney's first Scottish club was Hamilton So it's a 5 for Alex And a 3 for you It was indeed well tight well done, Alex. Um, But yeah, Alex thanks. is pitchy Well done James Well done Alex Thanks well mate done. That was my debut this year I feel good about was myself now yes, uh, Hugh won the last couple Lovely Hugh Good yeah. stuff That was James uh, in Paisley Your chance to beat the pundit Back tomorrow night Tight Said James It was tight <laughs> My heart rate's no, just about here. returned to, to normal Anyway 0141 951 1025 uh, Let's What did you think he said? I'll tell you the next break <laughs> Okay um, What about that game in Paisley yesterday? Oh well You've yeah. all written St Mirren off this season yes. You had them written off yesterday as well Do you know I think um, We had Tony Fitzpatrick in oh, We did On Saturday afternoon And he spoke with such passion about St Mirren uh, And Maintaining that they're a big club And big clubs don't go down So the following day As if on cue They've delivered a real performance They got a lucky break with the penalty Because it was a penalty all day long for Aberdeen But well done Jim Goodwin For bringing in players You know, Back to the thing about settling in Time to bed in There's a job to be done at St Mirren And there are guys there who hardly know each other's first name Never mind bedding in they're getting on with it And that's a great result For them yesterday We're really really pleased With uh, obviously the, the final outcome The result being The most important thing But you know It was the level of performance It was the The commitment And the effort That the players showed Throughout the whole game Which pleased me the most You know We worked really really hard During the week On our shape And on our On our system And trying to Frustrate Aberdeen Into playing 
you know, straight passes and then for us to try and have quick turnovers in possession. And I think, you know, I'm looking forward to watching the goal back because that's exactly what we worked on during the week, you know, trying to exploit the space in the full back areas and then make good decisions in the final third. And I thought Kyle McGinnis done that brilliantly uh, to pick out uh, Darmus and a, a fantastic finish from him. So, look, it wasn't pretty. The conditions were terrible for both teams. Um, Aberdeen are a very good team, very physical team. Uh, you know, they put the ball in your box at every opportunity, set plays and direct from open play as well. And we had to stand up and be counted. And I thought every single one of them, each to a man, done that. There wasn't anybody that had a below par performance. And, you know, somebody had said a few weeks ago that, you know, we were soft. And I think the boys have shown in the last couple of weeks they're anything but soft. You know, I'm led to believe it was a penalty. So if it was, then, you know, we, we got the rub of the green, which is, which is great. You know, I think that's the, the least the players deserve. Kenny's in Paisley, a happy man. I would imagine, Kenny. Yeah, no, it was a great day yesterday. Um, I actually was lucky to go to hospitality. Oh, um, nice. oh lovely. So I um, uh, made the day even sweeter, you know. <laughs> You'll be getting invited back then, a lucky charm, clearly. I, uh, I think we should go to uh, hospitality every home game. <laughs> if Tony Maybe Fitzpatrick's listening, we'll pass your number on. Who who stood out for you on the pitch, Kenny? Who were the ones that were behind the victory? Oh, well, definitely Kyle McGuinness is a good engine midfield driving forward, you know. Um, I think the whole team all worked together and they all kind of clicked to put in a professional performance, you know, a good top flight performance. Yeah, absolutely. I was I was looking at Kenny at Gary McKenzie. How important is he for you? Because last year I think he only something along the lines of about seven or eight games. Uh, and every time I see him, he just leads the back line. He gives you that assurance and that confidence so that when there is pressure on, it allows the, the forward guys like Flynn, Andrew, uh, you know, to try and get Dermis to try and get the, that counter attack that Jim's talking about there. No, I definitely think he's he's, he's a good uh, good back back player. Just um, he's got the brains and that, you know. Just to organise the back four. Just I think when we were missing him last season, it was a big yeah. void, you know. And he's just a big calm figure at the back there. The keeper's brilliant as well. You have to say, I think he's one of the standout yeah, goalkeepers. I don't know how to pronounce it. Hladke. Hladke. No, you've got it. You've nailed yeah. it. Um, you know, it was Kenny that mentioned. Young Kel McGinnis. I think yes. he had the captain's armband on yesterday. In the absence of Stephen McGinn, really seemed to drive. St Mirren yes. forward Alex And everyone's already excited About the return of Kyle McAllister Who, yep. who came on and showed uh, What he can do as well Hugh mentions players Hitting the ground running Dermis had a few Cracks at Absolutely. goal last week At Easter Road And already he he looks lively Gets the ma- uh, the match winner yesterday Where did he come so. from? Was it Austria? Mm-hmm. It actually looks to me As if he's a player With the greatest respect It's actually been at a good level Because he's actually Making big impact mm. So early in his career At St Mirren He's obviously got the winner But he getting some good positions As well yesterday Kyle McAllister, we spoke to Tony about him. They're absolutely delighted to get him back. Still only 20. McGuinness is a, is a really interesting one because he's physical uh, specimen. He gets up and down, technically no bad. And the actual ball that he lays on to Dermis was absolutely inch perfect. By all accounts, Hibs were fortunate to get all three points against St Mirren on the opening day of the season. And now they've beaten Aberdeen St Mirren. So there is a hitting the ground running kind of start for me. But long, long way to go And Jim has to keep up the good work Kenny, what difference does a couple of weeks make? Because you'll remember getting put out of the Betfred Cup The signings looked a bit mm. thin on the ground And there was a real concern I'm sure you were concerned yeah. as well Well, we went to the Edinburgh City game And we were just like There was just no pace There was no driving forward We just felt We were solid I didn't think we were going to concede But I just didn't think we were going to score And we were missing that kind of um, That flair up front And Definitely with the, the couple of signings You can see the difference there It's kind of driven other players on as well I mean sometimes Hugh There, there, are, there are different ways to approach a season we, we speak about Hamilton Aki's in this regard all the time 
Some teams like being written off They don't mind it It gives them yeah. a bit of a siege mentality Something to to You know The cliche goes You know Pin it on the dressing room wall I'm not sure if it's come to that stage But if, if uh, Jim Goodwin was to listen to The pundit's predictions on this show For sure. who is going to go down It was half of them Gordon It was only half it went well, Only half but was it They yeah. featured heavily He's just far too sensible a man To be bothered by any of that Because It'll never be decided by what pundits say It'll only be decided by who Jim buys who plays well And he knows that The rest is just flim flam So <laughs> It's what? Flim flam It's a technical term Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but do you know the interesting thing about it Hugh Just to give you an insight We uh, we get promoted out of the championship And the local guy from the, the Express and Star Who covered Wolves uh-huh. uh, He wrote uh, articles on each individual player yeah. And he says They will most certainly go down They haven't bought anyone And I'll give you a wee insight He says And Ray uh, His legs have gone because Sunderland wouldn't have let him go otherwise And then the following year you go out and score 8 goals in the in the Premiership So believe me, it, players, and uh, particularly if it's individualised as it was then They'll look and go, I'm going to prove him wrong yeah. So people do take notice mm. uh, Kenny, do you agree with your manager that you maybe got away with one with the non-award of that penalty? See, see, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of 50-50 see, Come on, bar, Kenny, how good, 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 good was that hospitality? When you watch it, because Ryan Flynn's got his arm by his side and then he, no, he hits the ball right his arm And then he moves his arm behind him When he hits him So he tries to move it out of the way But he's not He's not got his arms wide He's not spreading himself So I, I felt as if he was standing I want to go into that hospitality room Are you still you there? Are you still in the hospitality? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was uh, I think that's Hugh's way of saying He politely disagrees <laughs> You think it, it was oh, And I mean we've got We've got a new If you can call it that Handball rule yeah. this season Now I mean Derek McInnes Truthful man Said it would be a penalty last season. Ah, he would say rules. that though. He's the he's no, the no, man no, on the, I, the losing I, side. I, you, we have to just be honest to a fault here. It's a penalty all day long. God, in the new rules, and you know that they actually stipulate if your arms are out of your side. You're yeah, actually, this is what I love about it because you're you're absolutely right. So you would think it, it's going to become clearer, but Kenny and yourselves have watched the exact same incident, and Kenny's telling you his hands weren't. By, by and, and, you, and, and you're but saying Kenny that they are, watched so. it from hospitality. That's the difference. <laughs> no, to be to be honest, the, the, the arms were out of the side, and and that under the new rules warrants uh, that as a penalty. Gordon, now listen. It, again, it will depend on. I suppose Gordon, there's one for you. See if it's only a yard or two away, and your, your arms are out. Does it matter on terms of the the distance, so that you don't have time to reflect, or do you make yourself bigger? To, you know, sorry, I think react? the main consideration now is certainly this idea that you've made yourself bigger. Right, okay, so, so it doesn't matter if it's a yard or ten yards away You know, you take me to move your hands out the way I know who will have an interesting take on it Robert and Bailison, because he's Lovely. an Aberdeen fan Let's see if he thinks the hands were by the side Robert I have to admit, I agree with that guy <sighs> Oh, there we go, wow. got, there we go Kenny, yeah. don't listen to them We've got Aberdeen why, fans agreeing with you I was sitting in the main stand yesterday I was late, I got caught up in the traffic Going to Ibrox And the only way I could get in Was to buy a ticket for the main stand And I was sitting... Near enough where the, the hospitality guys are sitting, just in front of the press box. I know, no, no, I wasn't involved in that, not at all. Um, and when I saw it, I thought, that's no penalty, that guy moved his arm out of the way. But I haven't seen the replay. I haven't, I haven't seen the highlights. But to me, it didn't look like a penalty. Oh, there we go, that's fine, I don't mind that. It's, it's encouraging in the early season to, to see fans of opposing yeah. teams agreeing with each other, Hugh Keevans. Uh, I mean, none of us has. Uh, the absolutely correct opinion all of the time And Robert's just proving that uh, But it's a penalty 
It's a penalty. It's so, a penalty. Everyone, so no one's got the right opinion apart from Hugh. Basically, yeah. is what he's trying I, to say. And Alec, he, Alec agreed. Yes. Um, what did you? Just out of curiosity, what was your take on it? No one ever cares what I think. Oh, come on, get off the fence. I'm, I'm, I'm here to sit on the fence. <laughs> I thought it was a penalty. Anyway, uh, Robert, what, what's your more general point then about maybe the performance or, or where your team are at at the moment? You, you mean when you were just fans earlier on, um, looking with their eyes and then rubbing them. Uh-huh. This is this is the seventh year in the trot. I've been doing this way with Aberdeen and the way he sets up the team. It's pathetic. And if, that, if that's the best we're going to have all season, Celtic and Rangers are just going to challenge each other because we ain't in the running. Robert, how important I, is uh, Cosgrove, just out of curiosity, because obviously he's scored so many goals for you over the, the last five or six months? He's paramount. He's absolutely paramount. I mean, that's okay. He was he wasn't playing, but surely with the signings that he's made, I mean, it was Curtis Main, yeah. the guy from Huddle. You only need to look at, I mean, no disrespect to the guy, but you only need to look at his Wikipedia and see how many clubs he's played for and the goals that he's scored and how long he's been with the clubs. They've obviously sussed out, this guy's not really cutting it, we'll just get rid of him. And then Derek McInnes goes and sign him. Seriously? I mean, not that you're wrong because Curtis Main doesn't have a great scoring record, certainly towards the end of his time at Motherwell. But six Sam, goals last but, year. But Sam Cosgrove's Wikipedia didn't look too good before he, he came to Aberdeen either. So Absolutely. let's 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 not um, put that down as the best reference for uh, it's funny you know, signing players. When fans come on here to be critical of us, Wikipedia, I couldn't tell you, but <laughs> sorry, on you go. Sorry. Fans come on here to be critical of us for making snap judgments. Robert has just made a snap judgement based on two league games that Derek McInnes has signed the wrong players is lining them up in the wrong mm. fashion and Aberdeen will be also ran so to be fair Robert, Robert is potentially onto something because Curtis Main doesn't have a, a, a good scoring record Stevie May we know he certainly doesn't and there were moves to you know perhaps try and offload him that haven't come to fruition yet it's not it's not a snap judgement I've been watching this for six years there's nothing snap about that. Yeah, but you, the League Cup and penalty kicks and done absolutely nothing since. Yeah, but you're 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 talking about this season specifically, and you're talking about Sunday specifically, uh, and you're coming up with a kind of doom laden version of events. Do, do you not consider the last six years to be? Relatively successful For Aberdeen Robert I mean you know more than me You're you're sort of in it You've got that emotional tie I just got the impression From the outside That the last six years Have been pretty good From an Aberdeen perspective Finishing second And no winning any cups Apart from the League Cup Five years ago No Not at all Well you know, Celtic, Celtic against the ropes And Ronnie Dial Was there yeah, is, that, is that not and credit you know, To Aberdeen though Rather than A big criticism Because they couldn't quite See it over the line Well I I've said this I don't know how many times in this programme he dropped two strikers when we played Celtic at Petodre against Ronnie Dyler's team he put his two strikers on the bench why would you do that when you're at home surely you've got your full team strength when you play sorry if you're on you go all I can say in Derek McInnes' defence is that Aberdeen clearly believe in him uh, because they keep extending his contract he's just signed a new one here yeah but I will agree with Robert to this extent and I've said it tonight I can't see anyone of the other 10 clubs out with the two in Glasgow I can't see anyone coming anywhere near 
Celtic or Rangers because Celtic and Rangers look far, far too good for everybody else. Okay, thanks, Robert. Let's speak to Paul in Paisley. What was the the main thing you took away from the game yesterday, Paul? About how calm Jim Goodwin is in the touchline. I see a difference with Germany. Touchline there was when he was on the park. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's for sure <laughs> Yeah listen I think We obviously Sort of think Well I say Noam He's been in here yes. And so on And he is an extremely Softly spoken Mild mannered and Intelligent type yeah. Um, And yeah there, there is There is a contrast there So it's um, It's interesting to see How that, that plays out In his management Jim, style Jim Goodwin was necessary For St Mirren Because of the way he was You need Somebody like that You know That, that kind of figure Go through the brick wall For you But He knew himself And his managers knew as soon as Jim got booked, the manager had a decision to make because they'll take him off, they'll run the risk, they'll get another booking and he'll be off anyway. But the usual cliches apply. Heart on his sleeve. Gave everything for St Mirren. But frequently, frequently men of that type of attitude, when they become managers, actually calm down and they can see all the big pictures. Mm. And Jim Goodwin shows signs to be able to do that. Paul, are the early signs there that he's going to have a successful season in charge? I thought we should have won last week against Tab. I really did, I really, and then I don't think it was a penalty. And I love Jim Goodwin's answer. Good, <laughs> and that's the way it's going to be. I mean, we've got to every we can get. Yeah. How important has the recent recruitment been, Paul? Because that was one of the sticks that was getting used to beat the club with just a couple of weeks ago. But all of a sudden, um, a few players have been brought in. They seem to be fitting in. Quite quickly yep. Take it you've been impressed He'll bring I'll, I'll bring them in And he'll overspend You know what I mean That's what we we'll To have patience with that And I think Be the right man To the hell To do that Alright thanks to Paul In Paisley uh, We're going to speak to Barry in Barhead Who's got some thoughts On Celtic's left back position uh, We're going to hear from The Celtic captain Talking about the old left back You might have heard of him And we've got the full time teaser Coming next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors The compensation you deserve When you've been sidelined Talk to Thompson's.com Alex Ray and Hugh Keevens are here Still plenty of time for you to get in touch on the phones Or on Twitter At Clyde SSB Looking back on as many of the weekend's big talking points as possible uh, We do have the full time teaser though And the address if you want to send one in Is fulltime at Clyde1.com That's how Paul from Cardonald got in touch tonight He sent in the following question Quite an easy one I think Famous oh, yeah. famous I last one nah, nah, I, do. I, do, I do think I really do believe it 12 players Who started in the English or Scottish top flight at the weekend And have played for Celtic or Rangers at some point So 12 players who started in the Scottish or English top flight at the weekend And have played for Celtic or Rangers at some point Now obviously this doesn't include current Celtic or Rangers players That would be ridiculous You see where I'm coming from here? Yeah, 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 Scott Allen Yes McGregor At Hibs Darren McGregor Yes mm-hmm. uh, Top flight In Scotland or England Do you include Steve O'Donnell? No no First first team appearances oh. We'd be here all day If we were doing right. Academy okay, Graduates okay. Um, uh, Top flight McGinn? No Niall McGinn? Yes didn't start the game Came on as a sub He's killed me oh, You've hit the post You've hit the post Right okay We'll leave it there For the moment The moment. 12 players who started In the Scottish or English Top flight at the weekend And have played for Celtic or Rangers At some point 
in the past Virgil van Dijk Virgil van Dijk Okay Right you've got three Virgil van Dijk Scott Allen Darren McGregor I should say Just to add a bit of context In the studio with us tonight uh, We have two winners from Remember the Clyde One Super Scoreboard yes. Pub Quiz um, was that April Hugh Keevans yeah, Just before yeah, the yeah. end of the season Well the winning team uh, Got the great honour Of coming in here uh, To watch the show So two of the members Of the team are with us tonight And I can just see Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray Looking over As if please help us Because not I don't know ch- we, No not a chance These two we guys these two We are men of integrity We wouldn't do that These two guys know their, <laughs> These two guys know their stuff So they two um, I would be copying their homework If you can <laughs> anyway Absolutely. Right let's speak to Barry in Barhead Hi Barry Hi Tom how's it doing? Not too bad Barry I believe you've got some thoughts on Celtic's left back position Yeah just first of all How could you miss it Timu Puki? Oh Barry okay. I'm going to cut you off Barry I can't believe you're giving these <laughs> two help He was playing the same game He was playing the same game against Liverpool <laughs> Oh Barry honestly Your you're, you're jacket's on a sugly peg we were, we, were, we were bedding ourselves in <laughs> <laughs> You scored Anyway right okay um, I just wanted to say like, Obviously Team Tierney going I hope no it will um, You know he wanted to move to a bigger club Fair enough um, He leaves away a big transfer fee um, Celtic have £25 million to spend basically um, I don't know if they'll spend it all I spoke to you last week about that But What I don't understand is Greg Taylor's been uh, The name's uh, been mooted about now The Greg Taylor's um, uh, A target that we're after for yep. the, the money's close to £900,000 Why couldn't he be signed before Quintino left If that, if, if he was such a, a player That Celtic thought he was good enough Well uh, you know, the, the, there's plenty of time left in the window, and Neil Lennon will examine all of his options, speak to everyone uh, involved in the recruitment process. Uh, but I, like you, believe that Greg Taylor is very much on the radar uh, and is a Celtic target. So we'll have to see when. Or if the deal is done, but he's definitely on the radar. I mean, Barry, maybe I'm misunderstanding you, but is there not? Potentially you've answered your own question In the sense that if Kieran Tierney doesn't leave They don't they don't need Greg Taylor So that's why they wait just, until he goes Well I mean is, is it not a bit underwhelming though I mean there's 25 million there And we're picking the guy up for 900,000 Yeah but I've is just said to you I've just said to you That's why he hasn't been picked up yet Because Celtic are examining all of their options You've come on for an argument with yourself here No no I don't think that that's but Barry's basically suggesting that Celtic should be looking, else you know, looking for a, a better option. Yeah, but Barry's asking first of all, yeah, okay. why why wasn't Greg Taylor brought in before now? But Barry, you call it underwhelming. You're you're not basing this on on the transfer fee. Surely it's it's the opposite of. Yeah, un- I just I just I just think that with twenty five million to spend, I think certain board members are playing Mr. Lennon's heartstrings. That's that's how I see it. I don't I don't see why. Well, with no, he said Lennon said himself he wants to he wants to move on a couple of players before we get him else in. I just think that David Proven wrote in the weekend in the papers that he thought the Celtic team uh, Celtic team were, were weaker. I certainly do think that. Mm. Let's um, assess Greg Taylor as a player, Barry. Then what do you make of him, Alex? I like him, Gordon. I think he does very well. He's, he's steady away. Finished uh, like third in the league last year. Broke into the international scene and did okay. Played so, pretty much every game. I absolutely think as well. He's consistent. He brings a level of performance most weeks that you think this guy's okay. And if he went to Celtic, he's a possibility that he may well kick on because he'll be playing with better players who have a lot more of the ball. He won't be on the back foot. 
So it's possibly somebody that they'll be looking at. Uh, I think well, there's a perception out there that uh, Bolingoli was bought as a replacement for the guy who's actually going to take the, the, the number one position at left back. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't quite subscribe to that because of the fee that they paid for Bolingoli. So whoever it is, you know, they'll have lots of options here. You know, they'll have yeah. guys that are the, the, the mainstay that they want to try and attract. And then they'll work their way down depending on whether it's availability. When players go from other Scottish clubs to Celtic or Rangers, the question is always, is it easier to play against Celtic or Rangers than it is to play for them? And Greg Taylor would come into that category as well. But he is on Celtic's radar and Celtic do need cover in both mm. full-back positions. Uh, Barry, is it not a possibility in... Forgive me I know there are loads of examples Where, where this hasn't worked But the, the Celtic player Who's getting all the credit just now Is Ryan Christie Inverness's best player If you like Plucked from Inverness Took a bit of time Then flourishes Become a real mainstay In the Celtic side w- What's to say that That couldn't happen With Greg Taylor Rather than From the offset Before it's even happened Thinking that it's underwhelming I, I can understand Why you would think that um, But I just think we a club that's got A lot of money to spend we could be looking further afield for something that's, you know, it can it can challenge for the the yeah. the, the first left back uh, left back back space. Um, I don't. Surely we've got a big enough scouting network that we can pick up somebody that's. I'm not to say that Greg Taylor is a bad player, and he might well do a great job at Celtic if he signs. But I just think a team with Champions League aspirations, we we, we could we could push the boat out and get somebody that wee bit dearer. What like three million pounds for Bolly Ball and Golly, for instance? I'd, I'd say so. I mean, you could. I, I think you could pick up a, a finished article for that, for the amount of money Celtic have got to spend. I just think the board of are selling Celtic fans a wee bit short here. Well, you, you you can't put the board in the dock, and believe me, I'll be the first to do it if if the the window ends badly. But you can't put the board in the dock and pass sentence when the window doesn't close for three weeks. It's, it's far too early. To, to judge that Hugh You know you're making an, A judgement in terms of Who might come in Or even at the club now I think in three weeks time We'd be better placed To actually have this argument I, I guess I think it's maybe Just the way we're going as well With this Obsession we have with With transfer fees And you can It's, it's not only Celtic So at the moment If Celtic were to play A must win game tomorrow Julian probably wouldn't be In the starting 11 would he? Is that, no. is that I fair? would imagine Ireland but, but, and Simunovic no, would be He's 7 million pounds At the moment Rangers biggest signing If you like The 3.5 million for Holander Barely been seen Because they, they don't need him At the moment what, I feel as if we constantly look at the fee first Then the player And is that is that really a healthy way to be going about it? Yeah, well, listen It's an easy comparison to make Gordon Because you is your marquee When you pay £7 million for a guy coming in He's a big uh, fish effectively But the important thing at this time of the year is Is the guys that are up to speed So Munovic and Ayer are up to speed So uh, you look at Rangers that currently It's Katic and Golson They're the guys that are up to speed So the other ones have to get their selling gear Try and get as much match time uh, uh, whether that's reserves And trying when, when needed Gordon Because they will be needed mm. Make that impact That then you become I, I suppose mainstay. what I mean though There used to be a real pride In being able to find a bargain and, and maybe not spending so much And then that player Turns out to be brilliant It's almost like now From a starting point You want you want to see a big fee Well I think The money that Celtic Have in the bank They are obliged To bring in the best They can find They are obliged Not to shortchange themselves Not to shortchange Neil Lennon and not to shortchange the supporters. But that's what I mean. It depends what market you're in. So, yes. And again, it is very early days. But just to be quite blunt, if 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 Greg Taylor is is a million or nine hundred thousand, is Ball and Golly three times the player Greg Taylor is? No, no. Uh, it, it's what's 
asked of you or demanded of you by Rapid Vienna as opposed to what Kilmarnock can ask of you. But the basic principle here is that Celtic have tens of millions of pounds in the bank. They need defensive cover. They could be a heartbeat away from the Champions League. They should be aware of their status and they should be aware of what's required and they shouldn't shortchange anyone. Right, Barry, thanks for the call. Um, apart from giving away one of the answers to the teaser, oh, of course. Um, we're looking for the 12 players who started in the Scottish or English top flight at the weekend and have previously played for Celtic or Rangers. So on your own, you've got Scott Allen, Darren McGregor, Virgil van Dijk. Barry shamelessly told you about Timo Pukki, which I kind of hoped you would forget about. To be honest with you, I've got, I've got a, a host here, you. Just give me a couple, couple of guesses each. Right, okay, we will go for uh, Broadfoot and uh, Burke at Kamarnock. Yep, Hugh Evans, have you got any for us? Broadfoot and Burke at Kamarnock. <laughs> Come on. I, I can give you another couple of you I, like want, I want to put Hugh Evans on the spot, please. Plays for Hearts. Plays for Hearts. Best player Injured Naismith mm-hmm. <laughs> Any more Finlay At No Celtic appearances Ooh. Armstrong Not at Southampton I can find. Didn't feature Wasn't even on the Rob- bench I was going to say Robert Fleck there That's a bit of, uh, <laughs> Flecky at uh, Sheffield United John Fleck Yes we'll leave it there You've got a good number You've got Pookie Van Dyke, and Fleck From the English Premier League And Four from shot. the Scottish Premiership Burke Broadfoot Naismith Allen and McGregor 12 players who started In the English or Scottish Top flight at the weekend And previously played For Celtic or Rangers If you think you've got All the answers We'll find out next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors The league leader For compensation Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here We're into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard And that means they've got work to do On the full-time teaser uh, The question uh, Over the course of the break The question changed slightly Don't worry we're only added, We've only added one more name on uh, 13 players Who started in the Scottish or English top flight At the weekend And have previously played For Celtic or Rangers So if you're out there And you're taking part on Twitter As many of you are And you've got 12 uh, You'll need to find another one 13 players Who started in the Scottish or English top flight At the weekend and have previously played for Celtic or Rangers You're doing pretty well From the English Premier League Timo Pukki, Virgil van Dijk, John Fleck uh, From our top flight Chris Burke, Kirk Broadfoot, Stephen A. Smith, Scott Allen Darren McGregor Fraser at Ross County Marcus Fraser is a great shout Well done Gardine No You sure? No senior appearances for Celtic That I can find anyway Key Sung Young oh. Key Sung Young is at Newcastle He did not play I'm afraid <laughs> Sucked him. Well, he didn't start uh, Forrest Whitaker. Sorry? Whitaker. Stephen Whitaker. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, he started, didn't he? He did Hibs. do, yes. So many, many Three to go. Oof. We're under the caution now. Um, You've only given me Pookie Van Dyke and Fleck from England anymore. So you maybe think, what about Aston Villa, Hughes? Is there anyone springs to mind at Villa? Mm, no. Uh, no, we're struggling at the moment. All right, we'll get back to that. Let's speak to Jim and Kilmarnock. Hi, Jim. Hi, guys. How you doing? Yes, um, good, just listening to boy Barry there. Um, <laughs> Celtic fan. This is my boy back in total. See where the guy's coming to. Um, we've got twenty-five million there, and they're signing a guy for Kilmarnock who's playing with a team who's been put out of Europe to a part-time team. They get beat to Hamilton, who's probably favourites to get relegated. I can see where the guy's coming for you I think I'd be disappointed I think that's like winning the lottery And going and buying yourself a Dats and Jerry <laughs> But Jim I'm just trying to be a bit more romantic Does football work like this? You're a Rangers fan I bet you like Glenn Kamara don't you? 
well, he's not a first team regular. He's a decent player. Yeah, he's, he's a decent player. He costs fifty grand from a team that get relegated. But he's not a first team regular. Right. He's a squad player. Where did Joe Rebo come from? Do you like him? Charlton, League One in England. It doesn't have that to be. Aye, but see, this, this is what you're, you're making up a totally different story here. Joe Rebo, if Joe Rebo went to a team down south, it would have been seven, eight, nine million pounds. Yeah, because of the cross border thing. Rules. Fair enough. Well, anyway, anyway, anyway fine. But all your anyway, all your yeah. Rangers supporting colleagues who come on this show rave about Glenn Kamara, and you signed him from Dundee for fifty grand. I'm not even about him. Glenn Kamara as a squad player, he'll struggle to get in that first team. I can't see him playing many, starting many games. Um, that was really what I was phoning for My point about how Rangers have started this season Seems to be a wee bit of who-ha about Celtic Rangers have played, played their two bogey teams Kilmarnock and Hibs One of them obviously away from home At a pitch that we obviously don't like playing on I thought they've done really well We've got a last minute goal um, But again, I was at the game on Sunday And we absolutely hammered Hibs People are saying Celtic look good going forward But it looks shaky at the back If they look shaky at the back against Motherwell and St Johnston What are they going to be like when they play a team like Rangers Maybe Aberdeen Hearts, somebody like that I just feel as if Celtic seem to be getting a bit of pace Well let, um, let's put this in perspective Let's put this in perspective Maybe we wouldn't include Hearts in that at the moment Considering they drew 0-0 oh. with Ross County at home But yeah, you uh, get the more general point Absolutely no mention was made of the defence against St, St. Johnston Because the defence was not called upon to do anything Scott Bain could have gone off for a pie uh, They had moments in the game against Motherwell Which Neil Lennon spoke about Said that once That was the frustration for him The way they started the match And once they eradicated Those mistakes They then ran over the top Of Motherwell To go back to Greg Taylor He's only Speculation at the moment Celtic haven't bought him Or anything like it So That's fine We we, we deal in speculation That's what we're here for Yeah but the, uh, Yeah that's what we're here for Jim Don't worry that's fine Yeah but, but as I say You can't put people in the dock And pass sentence When they haven't committed any crime Yeah but for potential signings That is what we're here for Is to discuss whether they would be good or not If, we, if we, we stop doing that sort of thing We'll be in trouble Have we now reached the stage though Where we've been critical Of a club For buying a player They haven't bought it? Sure They're linked with them They're just tens 25 million why are they no? Why did they not go for a player maybe in the championship or something? And I've made it's that point. And I've made Europe. that. I've made Someone that point. Take your Celtic hat off here. Well, if I could get a word, then I've made the point. I know the feeling. That I've made the point that Celtic <laughs> irony not lost on Jim. I know. I've made the point that Celtic are cash rich, tens of millions of pounds. They should be aware of their status, a heartbeat away from the Champions League group stages, and they should be buying the best they can find. But. We're still three weeks away from the window closing So The criticism is premature Alex Listen, uh, uh, listen. he's obviously one of the guys That have actually been mentioned, Taylor um, I would be surprised if Celtic didn't have a list Of about half a dozen potential targets uh, And you know They'll probably search in, in terms of Whatever one they fancy first and foremost They've lost a few targets over the, the course Of the summer as well, you know, some players down in the English Championship and so forth, so They'll be looking to try and see what's best suited to them going forward And I, I would imagine it would be the best Whether that's Taylor's yet to be seen Go on Jim, final word to you Is the board maybe hesitant after seeing Neil Lennon's two signings The left back, he looks really bad My mates are Celtic fans and they're panicking about this guy at left back And the big boy Julian's not really set the header on fire either Hugh? Well, uh, I agree that uh, Bolingoli is under suspicion uh, Of being not what's required I'll... Use that expression again Under suspicion 
Of not being what's required What's Julian played maybe Is it two two games I think it's three Gordon Yeah I, I think he's Even by your standards yes. That was quite Early doors. Quite knee jerk isn't it But I don't think he'll play tomorrow Against Cluj Right now If you're picking the team To play Rangers Which is Jim's team Right now if you're picking that team You wouldn't have Julian in it And you wouldn't have Bolingoli I think Bolingoli is a certainty It starts you Purely for the point of I don't think they have many other options and, and, and confidence wise as well I'm not sure that Neil would uh, Drop him at this this point No no I'm, I'm talking about the Rangers game Oh, oh right uh, sorry I thought you meant yeah, tomorrow You wouldn't play Bolingoli well, Who else would you play? Well by that time you should have someone else in hmm. uh, Brian's a Celtic fan on the line Let's get the, the perspective from the the supporting fans, if you like, Bolly Bolingoli, is he doing it for you so far, Brian? Um, initially, I thought his first game, St. Johnson, easy game, then I thought maybe next game he was nervous. But what I'd like to say is Celtic latterly don't spend more than three million in players, apart from maybe um, in Charm and French Eddie. By and large, they've got a great scouting mission, Van Dyke, Wim Yama, the likes. So I don't know what scouting mission's been done on Bolingoli. Obviously, he played for Rapid Vienna, a pretty good team. So I don't know what's... And I'm really wary if we're going to replace him. Who are we going to replace him? I mean, what, what chosen sort of mantra have we got for finding someone that's going to actually come in there and actually do a job for us at a decent price? It's just, I think, normally, I think the scouting you know, scout is one of the best things. Get a good player in, relatively cheap. But we paid three million for a guy who looks more nervous than... I don't know, I'm going to see Cook with someone out here, but they're not. <laughs> well, to, to be fair, the, the nerves thing, though, that... Can be natural, can it not? Of going to a new new league with a new team, new surroundings, new expectations. Yeah, absolutely, and it also comes with performances, Gordon. In if you start of... dropping that guy, then that's that's surely that's, not going to that, help. That was my point there. So I, I picked you up uh, incorrectly there when he was referencing the Rangers game. I was talking about the the, the European game this week. However, he has started the season uh, nervously. One of the key things is this is all not down to Neil Lennon because they've got Nicky Hammond in. Who's been round the block at West Broming, Reading, down in England? Been vastly experienced guy in terms of being a director of football. He's come in in the short term to help out Celtic, so he may well have had a, a database as well. The thing is, when when the last Congerton left, he would have left a, a list of players as well. So they will had all this uh, combined with the both of these guys. This is no purely down to Neil Lennon, so uh, he may well have the final say. Uh, but what I will tell you is, it's a it's a collective thing. And I'd be surprised on the back of these two signings as if anyone at Celtic were going, we're not giving Neil big money. Uh, you know, I, I think they'll back him because of the circumstances with the nine their own and so forth. I think Neil Lennon took that job at a time when Celtic could have been seriously troubled by the departure of Brendan Rodgers to Leicester. Neil Lennon kept everything right, won the cup, got eight in a row over the line. Neil Lennon will lose his job if Celtic don't win the league this season Therefore he's entitled to think That his employers Will give him The right tools to work with And at the moment There is a glaringly obvious need For cover In both full back positions Proper adequate cover For a club who could be In the group stages of the Champions League They will fail Neil Lennon If they do not give him Proper investment in the team Brian Yes, a quick, a quick point. I mean, I don't blame Neil Lennon one iota. And basically, it's down to the sort of scouting policy. I mean, even watching the European game against Kluge, I mean, I played left back for many years, obviously, at a pretty minor level amateur. And you, you've got to see who's behind you. And if you see who's behind you when the ball's getting played, you just step up with the rest of the centre backs did and the right back did. It's not rocket science. And I just think 
Yeah, but again, Brian, is that maybe is it? That's not is it maybe some? Well, maybe not nerves, but maybe an unfamiliarity with three guys that you don't quite know their game yet. An offside line is an offside line, I think. Okay. I repeat, Bolongoli is under suspicion of not being up to the task. He can answer those suspicions, and only he can answer those suspicions. Okay, thank you to Brian in Moss Park. You got anything else on the teaser? I'm starting to struggle uh, 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 England, Scotland That may well be a, a hint for us 13 players who started in the Scottish or English top flights at the weekend And have previously played for Celtic or Rangers You've got three to get They're all up here Ooh. Oh, see I thought mm-hmm. that Hugh I thought that I thought we covered England They're all up here So uh, I'm trying to think what other games we haven't looked at St Mirren Hugh? No, no The begins didn't play I'll give you some more thinking time Let's hear from Brian Rice Owen Fawn Williams Kept a clean sheet Against Kilmarnock on Saturday And that was after Spending the week Hugh Keevans At the bedside Of his meningitis Stricken daughter Uh, Some things come along Every now and then And put football in perspective After the game Brian Rice praised The professionalism Of his goalkeeper And says that's just The man he is Owen Fawn Williams I knew what I was getting When I brought Owen in I knew what I was getting When I brought him in For Inverness He was the Wills number 3 At the Euros Remember you know, I think he's an outstanding goalkeeper and his baby girl's been sick all week and he's been in hospital all week with his baby girl so for him to actually play today is, is great credit for the man that he is and I thought he was absolutely magnificent. I asked him if he was in the three main if he wanted to play. I didn't need to ask him, I know his character. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, He was staying in the hospital in the evening times and the night times, sleeping there and training in the morning but it was never any question whether he'd play or not. You know, it's just the character that the guy is. Speaking as a parent and a grandparent, the strain that you are under when one of your children is unwell, seriously unwell, mm. is immense. So, Owen Fawn Williams, uh, I salute you Absolutely. for doing what you did yesterday, or on Saturday rather, uh, after putting in a week of the kind that you put in. So, tremendous bravery. People just see the professional footballer. They don't see the private man. And... I'm very, very glad that his daughter is out of mm. hospital now and on the mend. And I appreciate we're probably just scratching the surface of what is a much deeper conversation, Alex. Yeah. But every now and then, sometimes it is worth just taking a step back and realising, you know, it's easy to, you know, from the the, the fans will give yeah. players dogs abuse and and all the rest of it. But sometimes there's a there's a bigger picture out there. Absolutely, Gordon and uh, family is everything, you know. And uh, we wish him well. And uh, I have to say, I thought he was absolutely outstanding at the weekend, and I think he's going to be massive for them as well. And a huge result when you look at it. I mean, for, to respond in that way to what was a, a dreadful opening to the league up in Dingwall, everyone asking questions for what the sixth season in a row about Hamilton Ackies to answer them or begin to answer them against Kilmarnock at the weekend was impressive. Every time they lose, Gordon, you go there. You go. This is a year, but they always respond well. And I, I think um, Brian Rice was on record as saying the actual home form. Since he went in has been absolutely really impressive And I think that's the thing that may well keep them up Yes, well done to the Ackies I think we've got three more answers to get on the teaser So now would be a, a good time Would you like two? I'd like three Well I've got two, who can give you the last one? <laughs> uh, Michael O'Hallan uh-huh. And Foster at right back Yes, both started for St Johnson Richard Foster, Michael O'Halloran I knew this one would be the one you were left with Really? Absolute stick on uh, it's, out, it's straight out the the... <laughs> The Marcus Marcus Fraser level of difficulty. I think it's oh. even harder actually. Oh my! So it's obviously a young kid that's played for one of the two teams here, Rangers. Uh, because the, as you can hear, we're coming to an end. Uh, 
He played yesterday Not on Saturday Eh uh, no. You mentioned them earlier on in the show No Kyle McAllister um, You mentioned them You singled them out for praise Gary McAllister uh, Gary McKenzie Gary McKenzie <laughs> Gary McAllister <laughs> Gary McKenzie Played for Rangers Now yes. plays for St Mirren well There we done, go Big Gaza mm, You got there in the end Thank you very much Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans Big thanks though As always goes to you Thank you for the calls and tweets Thanks for keeping us company And we'll do it all over again Tomorrow at 6 In the company of Gordon DL And Roger Hanna Stay where you are though Stephen Mill is up next Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com.